A few years ago, a Focus staff member asked Alexis if she had any prayer needs. And at that time, my heart was so tender, and I really was feeling like I wanted to give up on this marriage. So I just told him quite straightly, like, I need help. We need help. Our marriage is very difficult, and would you pray for our marriage? And he did. She also found help on the radio. Focus on the family saved my life. It just was the lifeline that I needed every single day to keep going and keep hoping. I'm Jim Daly. Help us save more families every month by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriagepodcast. You know, I really love it when I get home and Dina greets me with her big smile. And uh, as you gain years in your marriage, it might be easy to overlook those little simple but really effective ways of expressing and demonstrating love to your spouse. I'm John Fuller, and today uh, we're going to hear from Erin Smalley. She's in the studio. Uh, Greg was not able to join us today. Erin, uh, you're a professional counselor. You are a busy woman, and you've been married to Greg for a long, long time. How do you like him to greet you when you come into the house after a day of counseling and uh, other stuff going on. I like him to greet me like our dog greets me. Oh, our dog! <laughs> I we I I had been gone for about ten days, and I got home last night, and a I could hear the dog barking, like so excited that we were there. But then when you walk in, she smiles. Seriously, at you. big white a dog teeth. Smile. She smiles, and so I love it when Greg smiles, and then he comes over and gives me a hug or a kiss and just touches me. But Greg is very different and different in many ways, but different in how he likes to be greeted. Okay, how does he and like so to be greeted? So I work at this very hard, and I can. He likes to be greeted with a surprise, or oh. like when the kids were little, they would hide out and they would jump out oh, in sure. the garage and slam against the windshield as he was pulling in. Oh, and, that's scary. Yeah, one. Time I was so excited because I we all were going to hide in the garage, but what I didn't know is someone had turned the lock on the door and I had meatloaf in the oven. Oh no! And so locked us out of the house. And so of course that didn't go well for anybody. But um, Greg loves that. His he he says his love language is practical jokes. So I know if I pull out a practical joke of some sort when he arrives home, he'll love it yeah. and he'll feel so loved. Not so much for me. But you have to work at that. I have to work at that. I to be intentional about that. And the point of our episode is be intentional about small things because they add up. Let's go ahead and hear now from Matt and Lisa Jacobson. They're really fun to talk with. Uh, Matt is a pastor and founder of FaithfulMan.com, and they have some terrific ideas for showing affection to your mate. I think when you live with somebody, you're married to somebody, you get very comfortable. Sometimes you see a different side of a person in that intimate relationship where you're together every day, eating dinner together every night, everything. And then, uh, yeah, the girlfriend comes by and, oh, the light up and all that. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong to expect that kind of happiness uh, that you're showing a friend? Um, I, I agree that it's right, but I guess I'm asking the question. <laughs> How do couples get there? How do you think about doing that? Absolutely. Well, it is wrong. 
uh, to fall into that pattern. This is what life does. It, it gets us so busy, the noise of our lives, the busyness of our lives gets us so distracted that we wind up just kind of getting in this rut, putting our head down and plowing this furrow of the next thing that needs to be done, forgetting that the most important relationship we'll ever have this side of heaven yeah. is the person that God said you are one with. Yeah. And so one of the things that we like to remind people, and I certainly like to remind men about, is that just take a moment and ask yourself, when did your wife stop desiring to be desired. Never. See, that way you kissed her on your wedding day, or maybe even the months leading up and the months right after, when did she stop wanting to be kissed with that kind of passion and that kind of desire? Never. See, this is something that we need to remember, and she is an important, valuable individual that your job is to pursue and to cherish. Yeah. And so that responsibility didn't change just because a few years went by. So date your wife before, during, and after the wedding, after the children come, after they go off to college. Pursue your wife. And that pursuit isn't just a pursuit for sex. That's a pursuit for her as a valuable person that God has blessed you with. She's never stopped desired to but be desired. I hear both of you describing choices. You know, these are choices Absolutely. that we're making. We're choosing to be intentional about dating Absolutely. our wife. We're choosing to be intentional about lighting up when my husband comes into the room because it can get really kind of blasé, kind of comfortable. And you don't show that enthusiasm. So did you guys have to remind yourselves, okay, I, you know, Matt's coming home. I got to light up. Sometimes there is something like that. It, so when I was a mother and I would, before I went out to see my kids who were, you know, all about their noisy and, and I would take a moment before I walked out my bedroom door and I would say, okay, Lisa, get your happy mom face on. Because I saw that it was so powerful to my kids. If I came out already grumpy, if I came out, hey, good morning, it's super powerful. So I'm choosing to do that. I'm choosing right. to, and I thought, you know what, why wouldn't I be able to do the same thing in my marriage? Now, sometimes it comes more naturally than others, but there are times where I go, He's home, and I have to remember, I'm excited that he's here, and I do love him, and we can work out that other thing a little bit later. One of the things that is so critical about this and that we tend to forget about because we just get absorbed in our own life and our own day, mm. we forget that we're literally teaching our children what a great marriage is, teaching yeah. them how to do marriage. We're discipling the hearts of our children by the way we interact with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and another one that you mentioned is probably one of the more difficult ones for husbands, and that is to stop and listen. I mean, sometimes we're just problem solving. We kind of mm -hmm. know the, the statements that are made. You know, oh, honey, I think you just need to do this, this, and this. And she's not wanting that. She's wanting you to hear her heart. I want, um, to, tell, I want to tell the story, okay? I'm nervous. So, <laughs> You should be. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's funny. This is one of those iconic moments in our relationship because I'm a problem solver, too. Yeah, it's and just innate. And after you've spoken for roughly 10.5 seconds, 12, 10 seconds, somewhere in there, <laughs> af after you've spoken for a very short period of time, of course I don't need to listen to the rest of what you've you're saying. I completely it. understand what the issue is and just go right in for the salt, you know? So <laughs> one time, this is way early in marriage, but one time. I was doing that, and she just screamed in my face. She really did. I don't recommend this that, but... demure, loving woman. Yes. <laughs> and she said, I don't 
care if I'm right or wrong and understand this. I just want you to know and care how I feel. <laughs> Good for just you. Just listen to me, right? And we look back on that and laugh, but it was a moment of revelation for me that listening is the fix. Not in every case and not in every couple, but by and large, mm -hmm. listening is the fix. It's making her feel heard goes a long way to making her feel that her problem. So true, solved. and that's a heart cry. It, speak from the woman's mm -hmm. perspective why that's so critical. Because I'm serious, we're like hard dirt. We don't understand <laughs> this at all. Isn't the value in this quick discussion solving the problem? Can we just get there? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and even if Matt thinks that he already knows what I'm going to say or he understands the problem, he doesn't necessarily, believe it or not, understand. And it's important to me to actually say this out loud, to get this out there and to get a fuller picture before you start in on the fix. And sometimes after I've said everything, then I'll go, okay, now what should I do? And he goes, I thought I was supposed to just listen. I go, okay, yes, you listened, now solve. <laughs> so it can be both, but we really do want to feel like you, that you're hearing us, that you care about how we feel and what we're wrestling with or struggling with. And you know, and there's a heart issue there too, relative to the men. Your wife wants to feel and believe that you wanted to listen to her, not that you had to listen to her. So it's not just a matter of checking the box, but your heart actually being engaged with listening because you want to. Well, Aaron, you shared uh, before on this podcast about how it makes you feel when Greg listens to you, really gives you that time and attention. And um, how does a wife uh, ask for some listening time without nagging? Because I think a lot of us guys are like, yeah, how much time do you want to block? Five minutes? Because I can listen for five mm -hmm, minutes, but after mm -hmm. that, I wander. Yes. How does a wife say, no, no, I need you without sounding nagging or controlling? Yeah. Well, I would say first and foremost, when you are longing for your husband to listen or longing for that connection, doing it from the place of openness, asking for that time from a place of openness, what that your that... heart is open, that you're not in reaction mode, that you're not, you know, in fight or flight and going, I need time. You're not listening to me. Okay. Well, that's just not going to go well. So honey, my heart is open. I'm not worried about anything, yeah. but I, I'd love to tell you something. Yes. When do you have time to listen? Okay. I just need some, I just need to bounce some things off of someone and I'd love for it to be you. Yeah. Because I know you're so great at listening, and gosh, I know if I need something, if I need to figure something out, you're the best at that. I'm so. starting to, you're starting to lose me already. <laughs> Just by the invitation. <laughs> well, that's not going to go well. I was thinking maybe Friday morning at nine. Is that okay? Yes, that works. That works. You know, sometimes I'll even encourage couples like to leave a note. Hey, tonight, can we visit? I have something to share. And granted, I know my husband, he'll pick up the phone and call me. What's wrong? What are you doing? Why are you mad at well, me? Well, I was just like, going to ask that. You, just... ca you counsel couples. I mean, yes. isn't there a lot of fear in the culture? Aren't, aren't a lot of couples going to be suspicious if that happens? Yes, but it's recognizing it's worth waiting for. Hmm. When you, when you, like if Greg calls me and says, we have now learned many years later that if he, if there is something that is involving him that I want to talk about, that if he calls me, he's in reaction mode. He wants to defend himself. Hmm. And that's just not going to go well. So it's recognizing waiting is worth it. 
and waiting until two hearts are open is key. Yeah. And so, but then it's also how I present it. You know, when I, when we do sit down to talk, talking about my feelings instead of what he is or isn't doing, because that is the number one fear. Every single man reports mm. that I'm just going to get lit up, that I'm just going to be told I'm not doing it right. She's going to focus on what I'm not doing versus what I am doing. And so just recognizing I have full control of how I present this. And if I want to give myself the best chance of being heard, I'm going to talk about my feelings I'm feeling or what's underneath the waterline for me. What am I wanting? I'm wanting more connection. I'm wanting to share my heart with you. I really care about us. Therefore, I want to have this conversation. And so it's just looking at how am I presenting it as a wife? Yeah, the packaging is so important. I think, you know, for us, we've learned what the Jacobsons were talking about, that a lot of these small things really do add up. And so I try to make a mental note of something that Dina might text me about mm. during the day. Oh, I mean, that's we, good. We're both running fast, and we, we're trying to jam more than we can into the day. But I'll try to loop back to that and say, tell me more about that doctor appointment or something your mom said or awesome. that relative or what you were thinking about. Because it can be so much in the the business mode for us yeah. that I know that those little details actually are part of the business stuff is part of her world, and mm-hmm. I need to give her permission to share about that. Well, and what I love, John, is that you're showing an interest in Dina mm-hmm. and what's going on for her while you're separated yeah. during the day. And so it's looking at that's such an opportunity to pursue her heart, and that will that will just lead you to so many blessings as a result of that, pursuing her heart in a way that she can hear you, Yeah, and that I, you're I, not yelling at her going, you know I, what? I, I want to flip this around, though, because uh-huh. one of the things I've learned um, in the past several years is it's good for me to say, I need. Mm-hmm. I need to have some time with you. Perfect. And, and I need you to hear me on something because this is pretty important to me. Yeah. Or uh, we've actually given permission to each other, and, and I think you and Greg do this too, uh-huh. to say, can we take another run at that? Because yeah. I just shared something really big. And, and you were running pretty fast. I don't think you heard me. Yeah. And, you know, another way to do it is, okay, that wasn't supposed to happen. Whatever just went on here. Yeah. And I really, what I'm really wanting, what I need is just time hmm. and for you to listen. And, you know, one of the things I do tell my couples is keep it at bite-sized pieces. So you're not losing your One listener. Thing at a time. If their eyes are rolling back and they're starting to get distracted, stop yeah. and say, hey, what do you hear me saying? And just let them repeat it back. And if they don't get it, well, uh, you know what? What I know to be true is the listener will absolutely correct it. So they are heard and understood. Yeah. Well, if you and your mate need some help to evaluate the strength of your relationship, we have a free resource. And about a million people have taken our marriage assessment. It's online. It takes a few minutes to fill out. And uh, we'll link over to that in the show notes. It gives you some really good insights into the strengths and maybe a weakness or two that you can work on in your relationship. Uh, Certainly another great resource uh, is the book that Matt and Lisa have written. Um, They actually have written a number of books, um, one for wives, one for husbands. Uh, We're going to bundle the 100 Ways to Love books and offer those to you as our thank you gift when you make a donation to the ministry of any amount. That can be a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount, and uh, we'll send those books to you. All the details for the marriage assessment and the 100 Ways to Love bundle are in the episode notes. 
Uh, We'll be back with Matt and Lisa next time. And for now, on behalf of Aaron Smalley and the entire team here, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. 